It's all about love, right? Those of you who were here last week, you heard the music, you did not see the video. You can see why now it sounds kind of like a, a Disney song. I'm not going to bust out in song, but it's a nice music behind the video. Talking about love, it's a journey to the star. So uh, we're going to talk about that today. Um, as I jump into it, just a couple of things to say real quick. First, um, don't forget about the knives on your way out. I think you have to order by today to make sure they're here by Christmas. And then um, also, if you are a guest today, we have um, a gift for you, by the way, when you leave today. If you will find one of our greeters in the lobby, one of them holding up the, the gift, which is a cut back there. But also, I, have, I, I might have a, a QR code that you can scan. I'm not sure if I'm going to have that. There it is. Oh, that's the message notes. Maybe not. It's, uh, we are coming into a time of, uh, I'm changing text providers. And so our new text message people have a, a way for a guest to connect with the church. And um, we'll try to make sure that uh, I can get that on there. It's my fault because I just sent it to them this morning. And um, they love it when I do that. Hey, by the way, guys, would you mind including this? But uh, I'll have that also on our church's app as well for later to jump on. But uh, today we're going to continue our journey. Oh, last thing, the Christmas trees. You can see um, in Texas, the wind drives our trees crazy. The Christmas trees, when you came in today, you might have thought, oh, look at those trees. They look so sad. Uh, they fell down. Um, as the warm front came in that blew them over, I sent out a text message, hey, if you can come set some trees up. And people did. They came and they set the trees back up. They were nice and beautiful. And then last night, the, the cold front came in <laughs> and blew them back down. So I don't know, man. Like, uh, again, if any of you are walking out and you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to fix a tree. That would be awesome. But it's, it's just an ongoing battle. Or if you have a better way that you know to anchor those things down. Or maybe we just plant Christmas trees. Right? Just Christmas trees. Just plant it there. And then we decorate the tree every year. I don't know. Maybe that's the way to go. But uh, I love this season. I love Christmas. I love Advent. It's, uh, it's an amazing time of year. I was thinking of, uh, Teresa told the joke. Since she told it, I guess I can repeat it. Um, but it's from Pastor Earl. If you guys know Pastor Earl, he's a bad influence on Teresa. We were with him last night at our Zone Christmas uh, gathering. and Or not last night, but yesterday afternoon. And uh, he told a joke. He said, so there were three husbands, uh, all from different places of the country. Uh, one was from New York, one was from South Carolina, one was from Texas. And so they were talking together one day, and the one from New York, he said, you know, I just um, told my wife, I came in, I said, listen, honey, I, I need, when I come home, for the meal to be ready so that I can come at the end of a long day, food's ready, I just sit down and eat. He said, I came home the first day, nothing happened. I came home the second day, I didn't see anything. And on the third day, Food was ready, and it's been that way ever since. And so he, the second one was like, oh, wow, the guy from South Carolina. He says, same thing happened to me. I came home one day, and I told my wife, hey, honey, I, I need, when I come home, I want to see the food ready, and I need to see the laundry done every day when I get home. 
And so South Carolina um, said, first day I came home, I didn't see anything. Second day I came home, I didn't see anything. But the third day, I came home. And sure enough, the, the food was ready, the laundry was done, it was ready to go. And the guy from Texas says, man, you guys. So I tried the same thing. I came home one day, told my wife, listen, honey, I need to see when I come home, the food done, the laundry done, and I need my recliner laid out nice so that I come in, I don't even have to kick it back, just sit in that recliner ready to go. He said, the first day I didn't see anything. The second day I didn't see anything. About the third day, I could kind of get a glimpse from my swollen eye that it still hadn't happened. <laughs> I think, okay, you guys didn't think that was as funny as I did. <clears throat> Pastor Earl, when he told it, it was very funny. You know, because the wife from Texas, she poked him in the eye with her fist. Advent, it's this season of Advent that we love so much. The season of Christmas. This is our second Sunday of Advent. And we started last week. We talked a little bit about Advent and what Advent means. Advent is a Latin word or comes from a Latin word that means coming. It's a, a season that we are waiting in expectation of Jesus to return. We're also, it's a, a way to say we're standing in solidarity with those who um, we're waiting the first time for the Messiah to come. We celebrate Jesus being born, but we also are waiting for him to come back. And each of the four Sundays leading up to Christmas, these Advent Sundays have a different theme. Last week was hope, this week is love, then we'll have joy and peace after that. We're focusing on the star uh, this time around. We're thinking about the star, and it's interesting because more than 2,000 years ago, a star appeared in the sky in the east, and it was a beacon to the, the newly arrived Messiah. And the wise men followed that to find Jesus. And it's interesting that the star has less uh, of a mention in the Bible than it does in Christmas pageants. Have you noticed that? In, in a Christmas pageant, it's the central role. It's not mentioned a ton in the Bible. Even though it's briefly mentioned in the Bible, the star is what led to Jesus, just as the star is what leads us this Advent season. Um, there was a story, and I told this last night when we were um, at Rescue Hill, but there was a story that was written about a young girl. Her name was Jana, and Jana was telling her parents leading up to the Christmas pageant that she had a starring role. She was the main person in the Christmas pageant, and so she didn't tell them what that role was. They were very excited about this role that Jana had, and so as they came in, the parents sat in the seat, and they looked on the stage, and on one side was the wise men that looked like they were waiting, and they were in position. On the other side was the shepherds, obviously in a field, and then you had Mary and Joseph in the middle, like a lot of these um, Christmas plays have, and they were thinking to themselves, well, Jana's None of these, but Jana was sitting over on the side just as happy as she could be, eager with anticipation. You could see that something was going to happen. 
And so the teacher began to tell the story. And when the teacher got to the part and said, and then in the east there was a star, Jana jumped up with a uh, star made of aluminum foil in her hands. And she ran over to the place of Jesus and she held the star up. And then as the teacher began to read the story about the wise men, she ran over to the wise men and showed them the star. Here's the star. And then as the uh, teacher kept reading the story, she came back over and held it up just as happy as she could be because she was holding the star and afterwards she said did you see I was the leading role in the play I had the most important part and they said well Jana explain to us why you think that and she said because I got to show people where Jesus was she was so excited that she got to lead people to Jesus and that's what this season of Advent reminds me of and that's the story I think about when I think of the star leading people to Jesus we are as a church a light on a hill. We are a place that should be a beacon of hope and love that people are drawn to. We are a place that when the world seems like everything is falling apart, they know they can come for a place of safety. This is a holy place. This is a place that draws people. And people are making their own stars all across the United States and the world. Their own star. Who can they follow? What can they follow? What is going to be that beacon of hope for them? All along, we are little Jana holding the star. Here it is, everybody. Here it is. And I just wonder as we go through this over the Advent season, do you feel like that? Are you the star leading people to Jesus. I remember when I was a youth pastor, my pastor had an epiphany as I was with him. When we first got together, he would tell people, and he was a prankster, and he was always do, saying something, or, you know, people would get mad because he played a joke or whatever, and he would say, well, don't follow me, because I'm going to make mistakes. I'm only human. You Don't follow me. Follow Jesus. And that sounds like great advice. Follow Jesus. And I'll be like, yeah, follow Jesus. Don't follow me. And then one day he, we were talking and he told me he had read Paul when Paul said, follow me because I'm following Jesus. And it changed the way he saw and changed the way that I saw it also. And I wonder if we live our lives that way where we tell people, follow us. We have the star. We're following Jesus. This is the way. So together we continue to look for the light on this journey of love. And the star signals the brightest love. It's love that never gives up. It's love that conquered sin and death. It's love that redeemed us. It's love that draws us to repentance that we've talked about a few weeks ago it's an amazing love. How about Christmas shopping? This time of year, everybody's Christmas shopping. Is anybody tired of shopping already? I drove by the mall yesterday in Denton, and I told Sarisa, hey, you know, we should go to the mall. And she's like, I am not going to the mall during Christmas. Wherever you stand on Christmas shopping or Christmas gift giving, Americans spend a lot of money at Christmas. I was looking up the numbers 
in preparation for this. And did you know that they expect Americans will spend almost $1 trillion on Christmas? Americans are going to spend almost, it was like 970 something billion dollars, nearly a trillion dollars buying Christmas gifts. It's a lot of money. I also read in that that Americans this year are going to spend 60 billion dollars on their pets. <laughs> Did you know that? 60 billion dollars on their pets. And that really made me question more. Why? I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love cats and dogs. I have two dogs myself. Fish. I don't have any fish, but we've had fish. Uh, lizards. Anybody have lizards? When I was a kid, I had a snake in a, you know, a terrarium. Like, I, I, I like animals. I'm an animal guy. I like animals. But, man, they cause us a lot of trouble. Have you noticed? We have to walk them and we have to clean up after them and then we have to vacuum all the time and we have to take allergy pills and we have to clean the tank and we have to apologize to our neighbors. There's a lot, I was walking in our little center. We have no dogs on this property, by the way, but somehow there is dog poop in the middle. I was like, are you kidding me? Like they're everywhere. We're spend, and we spend as Americans $60 billion on our pets. Why? It's because we love them. It's because we love these dumb animals. Somehow they find their way into our hearts and we spend all this money on them taking care of them. And it's not because they've done anything for us. But for some reason we just love them. Now I'm not saying God loves you like you love a dog. <laughs> But I am saying there's something about God loving us even though we do nothing for him. He takes care of us. He cleans up after us. I don't know if he vacuums after you or not, but he loves us. And he loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to enter the world as a human in the very beginning. When you hear the word Christmas preparation, what do you think? Maybe going up into the attic. I love Christmas. I love decorating for Christmas. We decorated right after Halloween this year. Like, we're just excited to do it. Except going up into the attic. Oh, I hate that. Go up into the attic. Carry all the bins down. And that somebody's going to break their neck on that goofy ladder. up Because ours is, you know, some of you have ones where you open the door and you walk in. Not us. We got to pull the ladder down pull, you know, and it comes down and we, and we're trying to hold the bin and who's, who's down there? Hold on here. Catch, you know, somebody's going to get hurt. Getting those decorations, putting the tree up and we've went through live trees and fake trees and we, we put Sprite in the tree so the needles stay on and we had to end up not using live trees anymore because at the time we had a cat, we don't anymore, but it would climb up into the trees and play with all the ornaments. <laughs> putting lights on our house, wrapping gifts, baking cakes and cookies, maybe a honey ham, those are awesome, smoking your turkey. I mean, we have a thousand things to do to get ready for Christmas. But Advent is not about that. So today we're going to read out of Mark chapter 1. 
Mark chapter 1. The notes today, by the way, are in the Bible app, in the church's app as well. Mark chapter 1, there, I think there's a QR code for this one. Go to the notes for today. You can scan that if you want. Everybody there? I remember when I was a kid and everybody had their paper Bibles and the pastor would wait. Everybody, don't want to move ahead. Mark chapter 1, here we go. The beginning of the good of the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah, the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one who is more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit." Have you ever noticed that Mark is the only gospel that doesn't give a real account of the birth of Jesus? But he does talk about us preparing ourselves for Jesus, the Messiah. And he begins that way. The beginning of the gospel, the good news about Jesus, the Messiah. Even though Mark doesn't give us a classic Christmas story... When he opens up his book, essentially he wraps up the Christmas story in just a few words. The good news about Jesus. You know, there's nothing wrong with the Christmas tree and tinsel and children laughing and unwrapping presents and eating food and laughing together, making family memories. I think those are all great things. It's one of the th reasons that we, we love Christmas and it makes Christmas special. Mark begins with the words, the beginning of the good news. And our task at Christmas is not everything that seems to occupy us, but our task at Christmas, I believe, is to rediscover the reason for the celebration. What is this good news? What is the good news? And we've, I've spent a lot of time talking about this with you. So if you've been at our church for any length of time, I hope you understand the good news, the gospel of Jesus. And he says it over and over is the kingdom of God is at hand. It's all about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is the place where God's love reigns. The kingdom of God is a place where what God says goes. The kingdom of God is a place where the poor are welcomed in and the marginalized are welcomed in and, and justice is situated differently and it's all because it's where God's love reigns. And what's going on in this place is he's inviting us to be a part of that and then to bring that with us. This is why we are the light. Not because I'm the light, but the one who is within me is the light. But John says, that, or he records Jesus as saying, as I have loved you, as God loves me, I love you, you love others. It's, it's this progression 
of the light. So we don't need to talk a lot about John. We just came out of repentance talking about that. We did talk about John. He's an interesting guy. He wore camel's hair. He had a leather belt around his waist. He ate locust and wild honey. Anybody in here ever ate a locust, by the way? I'm just curious. I hear that they taste kind of nutty once they're roasted. I don't know if John the Baptist was roasting them or not. I get the feeling that John the Baptist's cousin, that uh, Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, was just a little bit different. He was that guy, if you brought him to your family party or something, you would be a little bit anxious, probably curious. You've heard the term EQ, right? Somebody who has a, a high ability to understand what's going on around them. He did not. He was not the guy who would respond gently to you. He was a strange guy. He would have probably been a great contestant on the show Survivor, one of our family's favorites. I think the point is that God can and will use anybody. Don't think that you're out. The Bible's full of flawed people that God used. And I don't even like saying that God used them, but they, they were partners with God. God took somebody, broken people all throughout, and accomplished something that otherwise seemed unimaginable. But I think that the reason John the Baptist is key to this story is because he brought a different flair. It was an unexpected message. I mean, we've been around long enough. You hear the same thing enough times that eventually you tune it out, right? And this time of year is no different. For example, the newspaper. Anybody read the newspaper anymore? The emails, the blogs, uh, the TV, the radio, they're all saying the same thing. Instagram, there's a sale right now, today only, for just a few minutes. And if you buy it right now, it's the cheapest price that it's ever going to be for the rest of your life. But you have to buy it right now. Bath and Body Works is having a special one-day-only sale. Sears was, if you remember Sears, they were one of the worst. Sears is having a special three-hour Saturday-only sale from the hours of 7 to 10. Anybody shop at Kohl's? Kohl's is having a yellow dot. Some of you are like, yeah, the yellow dot. Bring it back. The yellow dot, red dot, markdown, 50, 75% off. You better get there fast. This is a once-in-a-lifetime. After a while, you start tuning them out, right? You know how many emails I get every day that the holiday sale is on right now? It's happening right now, and it's only for today. And then tomorrow it'll say, extended, the sale's been extended. <laughs> and every day they've been extended so far from Black Friday. They're all extended. There's this urgency that they try to create. And it's interesting, this is a whole side note, but one of the things that helps Christians, should help us reach people differently is, is we can't approach people in that manner. We can't come and say, uh, it's a special thing that's happening only right now and you better get in on it or you're going to go to hell. Right? Like it's, it's a different thing. They've done studies on Apple and why is Apple so successful? successful? Because Apple did not have the first MP3 player with the iPod. They just were the most successful. They didn't have the first smartphone but they've been the most successful. They didn't have the first computer, right? So, but what they've done is that people don't buy Apple products. They buy Apple's why. Why does Apple do what they do? Because Apple wants to have like the best. 
and people buy into the why. So when people look at us, this is what the church has to get better at. People buying into our why. Why is what you do special? Why is it different? Why should I want what you've got? And some of us are not doing a good job of showing people why they should want what we have. After a while, this kind of advertising begins to become less and less meaningful. You realize that Bath and Body Works has a sale all the time. That the yellow dot sale is going to be going on tomorrow. And the advertising becomes less meaningful. And I think this is where John the Baptist comes in because he wasn't the same kind of guy. And he wasn't coming with the same kind of message. He was entirely different. Everything was different. You would see him Probably not a Bath and Body Works sale. But he would not come with a spiritual, sappy talk. Please, would you just follow? That's not what he did. He wasn't falling into those cliches of sharing and caring and family and giving and hugging. And He certainly wasn't a politician trying to Match his words very carefully with whatever the popular opinion of the day was. He came to tell the message and to tell it straight and exactly the way it was. Mark tells us that John fulfilled the prophecies of both Malachi and Isaiah. If you read in Isaiah, in Malachi chapter 3, if you wanted to look it up, Isaiah chapter 40, it's a little bit longer. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight paths in the desert, a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked place shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Announcing that John the Baptist was coming. He would be a herald. He would be an announcer. An announcer, prepare the way of the Lord. And interesting that the word prepare is not like preparing a road. It, it, the word prepare in, in the Greek wasn't prepare the road to make a straight path. Pre, don't, it's not make the road straight. The word has an inference of uh, keeping, making a thing ready or keeping it ready when applied to a person it was make yourself ready for Jesus that's interesting the word prepare prepare the way of the Lord make yourself ready for the way of the Lord are you ready have you made yourself ready in the celebration of Jesus, I think we sometimes get lost. We prepare for the Christ because we like the preparation of the newborn, right? We like that. Everybody celebrates a birth. It's exciting. It's a newborn. It's a celebration. But we need to remember that the one who was born into a crude manger became the king. And he is who we are expecting to return. John the Baptist was telling people, get ready because somebody more powerful than I is coming. And his message was to people that were both religious and non-religious. And it's so interesting because the non-religious of his day, like ours, they didn't want to give up their sin. They didn't want to make themselves ready. They didn't want anything to do with it. For the most part. And the religious, they didn't think they needed Christ. They even said that. We have the law. 
What do we need anything with this for? We've already got the law. They weren't ready for Christ to come in and change their lives. So here's the question. Man, I don't like posing all these questions without finding the answer. How are we to get ready? John the Baptist tells us. He tells us. And it comes from, interestingly enough, repenting. John came baptizing in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance. That people might turn from their wicked ways. That they might, for, by John, a baptism of repentance for the remission of your sins. And we've talked about this. The word repent comes from the Greek metanoia, and it means a change of mind. It's an about face. It's going one direction and realizing that this is the wrong way, that there's things over here that's not good for you, that this is sin, and changing direction. Giving up an after, a former thought for an afterthought. Used to go this way. Jesus changed me. I have repented. Now I'm going this way. That's the call to repentance. And in in the New Testament, Paul tells us, 2 Corinthians, godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. Do you know what godly sorrow is? Godly sorrow is... Have you ever been in the wrong in a sinful way and you felt convicted about it? It produces a godly sorrow. Godly sorrow produces repentance. God, forgive me. Oh, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I had that thought. God, forgive me. I repent. Leading to salvation. Sorrow's not bad if it's godly sorrow. Worldly sorrow, however... Produces death. The call to repent is one of the most important things that we will hear during this Advent season. It's interesting, right? Because we don't associate Christmas with repenting. We associate Christmas with Jesus, the baby's being born, and it's awesome, and it is awesome. I'm so excited about that. And I love Christmas, and I, I love our Christmas tree and the gifts that we give and, and the excitement and the food. I love all of that, but Christmas is more than that. And it's more than those sounds. It is also the sound of repentance, recognizing who this baby Jesus is that's going to grow up and become the king of the world and the universe. And repenting to him is a life change that leads us to eternal life. So amidst the carols and the shouts of joy needs to be the sound of repenting. What a crazy way to show his love for us, right? Is it, have you ever thought about that? Not only... That God sent his son for us that we might be redeemed. But the intricate plan that he put into place. It's a crazy thing. I don't know if you ever think about it. I'm going to ask the band if they would to come up. We're going to close with a song in a minute. But when I 
God, and I've, I've preached on this too, as I've learned things, I've, I've talked about them, but going back to Abram, that God said, made a promise, you will be a blessing to all people, began even before that in Genesis, like, but he intricately wove together this plan that ended with I guess it didn't end, but it came to Jesus, his son, who is God, being born, that would be our salvation. And then, so that you see Abram, the people, through Jesus, a blessing to all nations. And then he calls us to be a part of that too. It's this intricate plan. It's, it's amazing what God has done and what this Christmas season is all about. So, on a very practical level, so what for us? This Advent journey is all about God's love being reflected from us to others. We celebrate, but we should celebrate differently. We are preparing for the return of Jesus. And we do this by spreading the good news of the kingdom of God, which is love, to all people. This isn't anything you can do on your own. Because we are not a light unto ourselves. We are a light because we have the author of the light in us. He is our source of love. The Living Bible phrases nicely Peter's description of this in 1 Peter chapter 1. Now, you can have real love for everyone because your souls have been cleansed from selfishness and hatred when you trusted Christ to save you. So see to it that you really do love each other warmly with all your hearts. Are you catching that? Now you can have real love for everyone. You can have real love for everyone, including the person who cheats you, the person who lies to you, the person who hurts your feelings. You can have real love for them because your souls have been cleansed from selfishness and hatred when you trusted Christ to save you. When you allowed the Holy Spirit to enter your life, you became an entirely different person that treats everybody the way Jesus would treat them. It changes everything. You have been cleansed from selfishness. You have been cleansed from hatred. This is the kingdom of God. And it's brought to you by His love. So man, there's, there's a lot there. We've spent some time unpacking some of it, but I just hope that through this Christmas season, this Advent time, that you will... Spend some time waiting on God, thinking about God, searching your heart for things that you need to repent of, remembering the sound of repentance when you have the sound of joy and the sound of Christmas carols and all of the things that we love, the traditions that we have. Those are all fine. I don't want to talk about against them. I'm just saying add to them the truth of Christmas. It's amazing, right? Oh, will you pray with me? God, today, today we are, 
We are a broken people. We, we are, man, I don't know. We need your help. We need you to guide us. We need you to be with us. We need your love to come with us everywhere we go. Teach us to love others. Help us to be ones that are holding the star over our heads. Say, follow me. This is the way to Jesus. If you follow me, I'm following Jesus. I have the light. Thank you for the stories that we have to read, the, the truth of the gospel. Understanding John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, and what he did for us, how he heralded the coming of Christ. Just help us to remember all these things in this season of Advent. It is a joyous time. It is also a time that we should make our paths straight. Prepare the way. Be ready because Jesus is coming back. Ah, we love you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.